Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad in it. Thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. Here we study the Bible and we aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. And by the grace of God, we've done 26 books of the Bible. If you've not been able to listen to the podcast, we've done straight from the book of Genesis. You can find them on all podcast platforms like Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podbean. You name it, even on our, uh, through our website, BibleIndepth.com, you can access everything there. You can know more about the network. You can check out all things we do. We have a live 24-7 live press, uh, prayer, worship live stream that uh, you can also join in and worship the Lord and pray. And uh, we have kids material there. Everything about the network you'll find on our website, BibleIndepth.com. And uh, we are handling the book of Daniel. And by the grace of God, we've done five chapters of the book of Daniel. Where we closed off yesterday, we saw Babylon come to an end. We saw the end of the reign of Babylon. Yeah. A name that was strong over the time, straight from the time of Nabopolassar, who was the father of Nebuchadnezzar, after such a long time uh, in the reigns as leaders, as world powers, they come to an end. And that happened on that night with Belshazzar when he was taken over by the Meds, who were led by Darius and the Syrians, or the, the people who were led, the Persians who were led by um Cyrus, and uh, we looked at that yesterday on the night when he picks out the vessels to drink from them. That is the night in which he, the vessels of God from the temple of Jerusalem. This man, when they were drunk, he said, bring them, bring the holy vessels from the temple, those that my father brought when they captured Judah, and let us drink from them. And from that a hand came and wrote on the wall, Mene, Mene, Tekel, Ufrasin. And uh, that meant we have, God has numbered your kingdom. He has weighed it, found it deficient. He has weighed you, found it deficient, and your kingdom has been divided. And it's been given over to the Meds and the Persians. And it is from that moment that it started the end of the kingdom, the end of the reigns, the end of of the superiority of Babylon. It comes to an end at that time, just like Nebuchadnezzar had dreamt, by the way. And uh, as Daniel had given him interpretation, this day eventually comes to pass years uh, after such a dream. And today, we start from chapter 6, because here at this point, uh, from the last verse of 5, so Darius the Med received the kingdom at about the age of 62. He did not start fighting at 62. He was a war general. He was uh, preparing himself. And uh, this, I think, including the age also helps us learn that there are some things you have to prepare for. To become a world power, you don't just wake up. There were special cases like Alexander the Great at just um, 20, it must have been 23, that the man was on top 
but he died at 32. But there was some preparation that is done. Even for the things we want to achieve in life, we need to know that sometimes you have to prepare for them and get ready for them. And by the time they come, you are ready for them. So at the age of 62, Darius the Med received the kingdom. When they're talking the kingdom here, it's not just about Babylon, but every part that had the dominion of Babylon, he took over. He also took over lots of places where they had gone fighting and conquering. So verse 6 starts by saying, It seemed good to Darius to appoint 120 satraps over the kingdom. They would be in charge of the whole kingdom. Now, it was a huge kingdom. He would not run it alone. That's a good strategy. When some things are huge, you need to learn to issue responsibility to others. Let others help you take charge. Yeah, let others help you administer. You cannot run everything alone. Yeah, there is work we do. There is ministries we run. You cannot do everything on your own. One man army. Yeah, if you do that, then you're prone to fail. You can't be a one man army. You cannot be here and there. You have to let other people uh, help you in the work. So Darius appoints 120 satraps over the kingdom that they would be in charge of the whole kingdom. And over them, three commissioners. When they're talking about commissioners, you would categorize that as presidents. He picked three presidents of whom Daniel was one. Remember, Daniel closes off in a good form. He closes off after interpreting the writing on the wall that uh, had come for Belshazzar. And then he's appointed, given third ruler. Yeah, so by the time that... Uh, Darius comes, this man has been given the role of third ruler. That means he had almost three quarters of uh, the position uh, and uh, three parts of the position that um, Belshazzar had. So when he comes in, he's a big man. By the time Darius comes over and takes over, Daniel is a big man. He has been positioned. You know, God can position you that uh, for the next chapter of life, it finds you in the right position. Yes, they were under siege. Yes, they were under attack as uh, Babylon. But even around that, in all that mess, God found a way of elevating Daniel to a higher level. He was in good position by the time of Nebuchadnezzar. As the reigns changed and Nebuchadnezzar is dead, he's out of the picture. To the point that Belshazzar does not even know who is this man Daniel when he's told by the queen, the grandmother. And uh, when... Daniel gets back on scene. It's about the time that the transition is going to happen that the Persians and the Meds are going to take over. And when they take over, they found, they found him when he has been given a big role, when he's in the top ranks. And when this is being done by Darius, he considers him as one of the three presidents that have, are going to be given uh, charge of the region. And these satraps, the 120, were going to be accountable to these presidents, yeah? And that the king might not suffer loss. Of course, after the capture, um, Daniel is taken alongside Darius, takes him to uh, Media. That is the place that he had control over. So this, these happenings are not in Judah. They are not in Jerusalem. They are not in Babylon. These happenings are in Media in the land of the Meds, where Darius had authority. And from there, he appoints Daniel as a president. 
and he gives some of these satraps under the you you have to be under this um leadership of these three commissioners all presidents and that's where daniel is then this daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps because he possessed we looked at this yesterday what will put a class apart put you a class apart give you a different um, position from the rest that extraordinary spirit that's the one that daniel possessed what is going to put me apart what is going to put you who's listening to me apart from everybody it is the spirit of god you shall go for an interview for a job and people will come and they will be knowledgeable just like you they will have all the 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 requirements just like you they have all the degrees they've asked for just like you but what puts you above all of them because if they pick these 120 satraps and the three commissioners or presidents in this case these are not daft people these are people who are sharp these are the cream of the um the world because it's a world power this is the cream of the world and there's something that sets daniel apart that is the extraordinary spirit in him and for you and me what we need to set us apart in this world even wherever we go is the presence of god in us it's the spirit of the lord who is within us that he is with you that's why you need to keep a good relationship with him because he will set you apart in all things you enter that interview and you will all have the same qualifications but you will have something extra that extraordinary spirit the spirit of god and that will set you apart in this case here verse 3 daniel begins to distinguish himself among all the rest because the reason he possessed an extraordinary spirit he's special different from everybody else he's not the same he has a standing unlike the rest and he continues and says and the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom you see this guy does not just have to be among the three commissioners i think he needs a higher position he needs to be above so the king sits down looks at daniel and says this guy should be above even the commissioners the commissioners should be in reporting to him remember the satraps are reporting the commissioners these presidents and the presidents the king is thinking that is thinking there has to be a higher position in which daniel should occupy because he's beyond their level may such grace be upon us that we are beyond levels that they need to find a position for you that is higher and say this guy cannot be operating at such a level in this company he needs to go higher in jesus name may that be upon us and that's what the king thinks is like i need to appoint him over the entire kingdom i think even when i go to rest and i just chill throughout the days as long as daniel is in charge this kingdom shall be safe that's what um, darius is thinking then the commissioners and the satraps began trying to find a ground of accusation against daniel hmm? in regard to government affairs they started to find trying to find ways is this president corrupt we need to find a way we need to set him up for a bribe we need to find out is there a land he acquired illegally they start to set it all up for daniel 
we need to find a way of getting him into this deal that is crooked so that it can bust and is taken to the panels and accountability committees so that they find him not worthy. So they start to plot to find a ground of accusation against Daniel in regard to government affairs. Is there money he's swindling? If they gave money for a road project, is there somewhere Daniel spoiled this and took it for himself and made himself rich? They started to find ground. They said, we need to find an accusation against him. But hey, they could not find any accusation. All evidence of corruption, in as much as he was faithful, and no negligence or corruption was to be found in him. Not just by corruption of finance, but even when they checked into his family, he did not have any promiscuity around. When they checked into his records, everything he had, he had worked for it. How clean can we be that we can have such an account for us that there is a testimony for you and me that says that man, that woman has a clean slate. That man, that woman is clean. Check her records, check his records, check his files, check everything. Get into his family. Everything is perfect. The man has worked. No wonder this guy has an extraordinary spirit because when you live a life of perfection, when you walk according to what God is telling you to do and be and be that light that shines in the world, God puts special grace upon your life. That is a grace that's upon Daniel's special, extraordinary spirit, not like just anybody else. He picks him out because of this. If men looked for it and could not find it, clearly it implies they check through all the schemes that they do themselves. And Daniel was not part of that. He was a special case. So they found nothing in him. Then these men said, we will not find any ground of accusation against this Daniel. Unless we find it against him with regard to the law of his God. So they said, the only way we are going to sort it out, we are going to get to the law of his God. And find something there that is going to bring him trouble. They find the fact that with him, they are sure. They are mostly sure. With the worship that Daniel gives his God. They just need to touch a button in that law. And Daniel, as they know him, he will not accept. So he will disobey. Then these commissioners and satraps, the other two presidents. And those other leaders, they came by agreement to the king and spoke to him as follows. He's not there, Daniel. They, they are now even holding meetings without his presence. They are holding meetings in his absentia. Yeah? So, they came by agreement to the king and spoke to him as follows. King Darius, live forever. That's how they always praise the kings. They start like that. All the commissioners of the kingdom, the prefects, and the satraps, the high officials, and the governors have consulted together that the king should establish a statute and enforce an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god, all man besides you, O king, for thirty days shall be cast into the lion's den. Now they know that as far as the law of God is concerned, you do not worship idols, you do not worship any man, the law as given by God, as far as Daniel is concerned, you only worship the Almighty God. Now for them, they are bringing something within that 
to cause trouble for Daniel. They're saying, everybody should worship you, O king, for 30 days. If they don't, we throw them in the lion's den. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it may not be changed according to the law of the Meds and the Persians, which may not be revoked. Therefore, Darius, King Darius signed the document that is the injunction. Darius signs on it. I mean, he's overtaken by what they're giving him. And of course, they also had that uh, grandeur. They had that a desire to be the greatest and worshipped. We are the world powers now. He signs the injunction. He signs and says, okay, 30 days, I am the only person to be worshipped in this kingdom. Now, when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house. Now, in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem. Yeah, uh, Of course, uh, living in media at that point, this is believed to be part of the southern part of Iran, the current southern part of Iran. That's where uh, media was. And he faces uh, Jerusalem. Facing Jerusalem is mostly a point of, okay, this is where we used to worship. That's where my homeland is. And uh, nowadays it's used by some people who will face towards their holy places to worship. But it may not necessarily imply that uh, if you face that direction, then God is hearing you quick. yeah, Because God is in heaven. And uh, now he faces there and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God as he had been doing previously. Of course, he had his prayer schedule. He had his prayer lines, prayer timelines, and he would say, I pray three times a day. Yeah, uh, You don't get that and now start to make it your own or put it in, in solid writing that this is what it implies. There are people who pray three times a day. There are people who pray ten times a day. Yeah, It's the connection here. What they are showing us is the communion and fellowship that you have with God that is constant. That is, it has to be uh, constant and you have to do it quite a lot. You know, have fellowship with God. For him, he had decided three times a day is the time I pray. Yeah, I'll pray in the morning, in the afternoon, probably even in the evening. But those are hours that he set for himself. You too can create that for yourself. Yeah, It's the key thing here to note is the fellowship that you're always sure at this time I am having some personal time with God. So, he says, yeah, you set your 30 days, but I will not listen. I will still go and pray and talk to my God. So he does that. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel. It's like they were just waiting for him the next day to see whether this man is going to obey. Hmm? Because if he obeys, then they will come out and say, ah, now you see, he doesn't even obey his God who tells him in their law to pray. Who tells him in their law not to worship idols. Now, these men came by agreement and found him making petition and supplication before his God. Then they approached and spoke before the king about the king's injunction. They've got him now where they want him. And then now telling the king, did you not sign an injunction that any man who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for 30 days is to be cast into the lion's den? The king replies, this is true. What you're saying is true. According to the law of the Meds and the Persians, which may not be revoked, if we put something in our law, we do it. Guys, what you're saying is true. That's what I said. 
Now, they've got the king also. And he goes on and says, Then they answered and spoke before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, <laughs> it's like they don't know that the king already knows Daniel. They don't even want to mention that one of the presidents. They are referring to him by his past, showing that the nation was not strong enough, so they were taken into exile. Uh, they are trying to speak words demeaning. You know, that happens for people who do not wish good for others. They know the positions that are held by such people, but still come out with demeaning statements and references for such people. Yeah, They know how God has blessed you, but then they will come up with your past. They will start saying this uh, person, this broke guy, this guy who was broke, this guy who was an addict, this guy who used to take drugs, this guy who never used to do this, this guy who was adulterous, this guy who was a, a womanizer, whatever what they need to pick from your past, they bring it at this point so that they try to break your resolve. So now that's what they start with. They say, the King, Daniel, who is one of those exiles of Judah? They don't even want to use who is one of our leaders, who is our president. The, when people are tired of you and they hate you, they always use your past. When people are not interested in you and want to cause you harm, and they feel like you occupy much of their space to their uh, disappointment, they refer to your past. They are not saying Daniel, our president. They say Daniel, one of those exiles from Judah. Pays no attention to you, O king, or to the injunction which you signed, but keeps making his petition three times a day. They are saying, this petition which you signed yesterday, sir, this man is not accepting it. Then as soon as the king had this statement, he was deeply distressed and set his mind on delivering Daniel. Now the king comes to, this is when it hits his head, that actually what I signed is a death sentence to Daniel. So he starts to set his mind, he's thinking in his head, how can I deliver my man? And even until sunset, he kept exerting himself to rescue him. He's trying to check the books, is there any way that we can go past this decree? And he says, then these men came by agreement to the king and say to the king, recognize, O king, that it is the law of the Meds and Persians that no injunction or statute which the king establishes may be changed. Now they have him. They're saying, if you're a noble king, if you're the right man, if you're a righteous king to us, you'll observe the law. Do not change anything because of that man of yours whom you prefer. Then the king gave orders, and Daniel was brought in and cast into the lion's den. They bring Daniel and they throw him into the lion's den. So Daniel has been placed there. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Your God, whom you constantly serve, will deliver himself, will deliver you. Now, the king is speaking to Daniel and saying, You have a God. You serve him. And this is good testimony when people know your God. And they say, your God shall deliver you. They are saying, you have a God. He's telling him, Daniel, I know you have a God that you serve. 
He is going to deliver you. It's good when that's what they're talking about, your God. That your God is victory. Your God delivers. Your God saves. That is a testimony that we have about our God. We do not fail with him because he is always with us. He delivers us. And he says, your God will deliver you. That's what Darius is telling Daniel. A stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the dead. And the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles so that nothing would be changed in regard to Daniel. As long as the seal has gone on, as long as the king has sealed it, you cannot come to open it unless he has decided. So Daniel is in there with the lions. Then the king went off to his palace and spent the night fasting. He could not eat. He could not eat because of what was happening. And no entertainment. These are people who reside entertainment of all sorts. He could not have that. It was not before him. And sleep fled from him. He could not sleep because of what was happening. Then the king arose at dawn at the break of the day. And he went in haste to the lion's den. When he had come near the den to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you constantly serve been able to deliver you from the lions? It's like Darius also still had that faith that I know Daniel won't be eaten by the lions. I know that whatever they've done to this man, though it's by my decree, he's not going to be harmed. That confidence in God, that confidence in your God, know that he will deliver you. He spoke it as Darius, but when he comes to the mouth of the den, he's wondering and he's saying, I'm pretty sure this guy might be alive. Hmm, guess what? Then Daniel spoke to the king and said, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths and they have not harmed me. Inasmuch as I was found innocent before him and also toward you, O king, I have committed no crime. This is what happened. When he was thrown into the den, God sent an angel and he went and shut the lion's mouths. They could not harm him. They would just sit around him, talk to him, have a chat. They could not harm him. That's what God does for us. In that place where you think you're going to be crushed and eaten up, that's where God comes, sends his gracious power to hold that which you thought is going to crush you, that it is of no harm. There are things that will not harm you. There are things that will not touch you just because you're a child of God. Witchcraft shall not affect you in the name of Jesus. Poverty shall not affect you in the name of Jesus. However tough the economy is, it shall not affect you in the name of Jesus. That place of work that is toxic shall not affect you in the name of Jesus. You will walk and not fall. That disease shall not harm you in the name of Jesus. You will be successful because God is with you. God was with Daniel and nothing touched him. God sends his help for his children. What are you going through? God is sending his help. What are you experiencing? God is sending his help and it's going to come. So that's what happened. And he says, I'm innocent. 
Then the king was very pleased and gave orders for Daniel to be taken out of the den. So Daniel was taken out of the den and no injury whatever was found on him, not even a scratch. Because he had trusted in his God. It's not just that he trusted in his God when he was being sent into that den. No. Even when he was making the prayer, he trusted in his God that he will help him. Trust in the Lord at all times. Trust in the Lord for your salvation. Trust in the Lord that he's going to help you in whatever situation that you are going through. Trust in the Lord and he will come out for you. That he did for Daniel. Then the king gave orders and they brought those men who had maliciously accused Daniel. And they cast them. Hmm. They didn't just throw them there alone. They cast them, their children, and their wives into the lion's den. And they had not reached the bottom of the den before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. It's like as they were on the way, the lions just jumped up and grabbed them. Totally crushing them with all their families. Be careful. Because the things we do, the things that you do, the evil that you attempt can be of effect to even those who are close to you. These men went out to scheme against Daniel. But when they were perishing, they perished with their households. Be very careful. Because your actions can cause trouble to your children. Then Darius the king wrote to all the people, nations and men of every language who are living in the land, may your peace abound. I make a decree that in all the dominion of my kingdom, he's saying men are to fear and tremble before the God of Daniel. Darius is speaking and saying in this entire kingdom, fear the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and enduring forever. Now, this is a, a world leader alongside Cyrus, a big man, and is acknowledging God. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed, and his dominion will be forever. He delivers and rescues and performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. These are words of Darius, super king, world power, who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel the Bible tells us, enjoyed success in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Because remember, they were both leaders at this time, the Meds and the Persians. So Daniel had his success with Darius during the reign and also with Cyrus during the reign. So God had delivered this man. And there's something about the life of Daniel that just shows you he had the favor of God. Everything just falls into place for him. And hey, he always prospers, lives a wealthy life. Because when you walk with God, he will bless you and prosper. Trust in the Lord at all times. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray for your hand to be with us. Rescue us from all trouble. Walk with us through the fire, through the lion's den. May we not be touched because, Lord, you are our God. You will keep us, you protect us, and we exalt you. In Jesus' name we pray.